There he is. What's going on, Costa? When is the last time you think we were here? <laughs> Holy guys. It was. That's crazy. It's almost a month ago. It was it was Monday at Holy Week. We recorded a uh, a whole bunch of episodes for Holy Week, and then I lost Good Friday. And you, everybody, I really hope that uh, that you are aware that Costa's best work on Holy Week was on Good Friday. Was on Good Friday. We had the Thomas Merton "Where Am I Going?" prayer. I think we nailed uh, it. I thought we nailed it. Yeah. They, I, I could tell you all, it was spectacular. Too bad you missed it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so if we find it right before Christmas, <laughs> yeah, we'll put it out there anyway. I really have under the suspicion that you recorded over it though for Easter Sunday. I don't know what I did. You I just I didn't save the file and I closed everything up. But think of it like a sandcastle, a beautiful sandcastle that the ocean takes wiped away. away. <laughs> it existed. In an instant, all the hard work you put into building it. Yeah. <laughs> So we haven't been, we haven't been in the studio since then. The the Bobby Petroselli podcast we had recorded back at the end of, of March. So yeah, I hope that was a I hope that was enjoyable. We had been saving that because yeah. uh, we we thought that that would be special for an Easter message. Yeah, yeah, um, and it was a uh, and the the student reactions were awesome. So yeah, we, we do hope if you didn't get a chance to listen to them, uh, you know, feel free to go back. Um, but we hope we hope you like them. We wanted to talk a little bit about baseball because I have to tell you when baseball season started I said I'm not going to go back into it I, I've been burned too many times and because you know you and I are Met fans although you're sitting there with your Detroit Tigers <laughs> I think we're the second worst team in baseball right now yeah I'm proud right now I'm proud <laughs> I'm, I'm happy because for... nobody can call me a front runner oh that's true they can call me a loser <laughs> yes and they do oftentimes do. Well, well at least at least I do <laughs> But I, I wasn't. I didn't want to get into it this year, because how many times can you go back to the well and have your heart broken? And they won a few games, and then they won a few more games. And I'm talking about the Mets now. Yeah. And and even through a combined no hitter, which I was more excited than you were. Yeah. Do you think that's real? I don't. I don't I think it's real. I don't know. That's a team effort right there. That's fine. It's a team effort, and they could call a no hitter because the other team got no hits. <laughs> And technically, it's our first no-hitter <laughs> because <laughs> Johans, <laughs> that was a double down the line. I choose not to acknowledge that fact. <laughs> but that was before replay, so we take it. The, um, but the, the no-hitter the no was, it was, it was nice. But they've had a few good comebacks. The one, was it last oh, Thursday yeah. night? Seven runs in the ninth Impressive. inning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I feel, I do. There's a, there's a good mojo right now. I feel like a little bit of 1986. I don't mean that they're going to win the World Series or, or be like that necessarily, but they were. They they that team had this this unique ability to to never say die, which I know is cliche and right. and what is, but it is. They and I'm I'm I feeling was five. it. Five. How old are you? Oh, thank you. <laughs> How old are you? Yeah. Thank, thanks what? for bringing it up. 1986. Yeah. I was 21. <laughs> Do you know I worked every single playoff and World Series game in 1986? Wait. Six. You're not good at math. <laughs> Wait, when's your birthday again? My birthday? Yeah. August 2nd. Oh, so yeah, it's 17 years. Do the math. My math is on. Oh, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> You're just uh, going to give me a specific time. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> my math is right. Wow, this is a fascinating podcast. <laughs> Guys, that's my highlight tonight. Wow. <laughs> 
And what, what's the point of all this? So you've proved me that I actually don't know my age, but what, where were we going with this? We were talking about the Mets a few minutes ago. Oh, thank you. That's where I thought, that's where I thought we were going with this. But um, I, did, I did work all those games. It was pretty cool. Once again, guys, he flexes about, he's got, he used to work these games. Do you think that we get tickets? Do you think that we would know somebody there still? That was a thousand years ago. I don't think the same people are there anymore. <laughs> still, like, know a family friend or, like, from people that you worked with. But, but you're not, I'm, I'm just ignoring that. You're, um, <laughs> you're not really following it this year? I, I haven't, you know, I haven't really gotten into it yet. I, you know what it is? Especially with the Mets, is that like I have to, I have to wait now until mid-August to get excited. Yeah. Because no, I can see that they can go later and later now yeah. and still break your heart. I could see that. Like, like uh, it just last year mm -hmm. they just found later time to yeah. break your heart. Right. In July we were doing great. Yeah. And then after the All Star break. We look like a completely different team. So that's exactly why I said I wasn't going to follow it this year. And it's exactly, I, I'm just, I'm still, I'm watching the games now. They suck you in. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. Because you need something to do. There's yeah. nothing like listening to a baseball game on the radio at one o'clock on a 95 degree day, mowing the lawn or just sitting out on the back. But, it, but back it's, porch. that last part you said is true. But there's a lot of other teams that you could, you could listen to. You get the MLB app, you could listen yeah. to anybody. Oh, yeah. And you said a minute ago, it's, it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay if you keep going to the well and having, having your heart broken. How, how long is the girl going to say, no, I'm not going out with you, and you still go and ask her to go out with you? <laughs> you could tell we work in a high school. <laughs> I would say that that's determination. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, so, gang, so what we're going to do today is um, – we're going to read the, the first reading, actually, from the Acts of the Apostles for this upcoming Sunday. Uh, and, and it really kind of touches base on everything that we want to focus on, especially in the gospel. Uh, and so I'll, it's a little bit longer, so I'll just, uh, I'll start. After Paul and Barnabas had proclaimed the good news to, to that city and made a considerable number of disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium, and to Antioch. They strengthened the spirits of the disciples and exhorted them to persevere in the faith, saying, It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They appointed elders for them in each church, and with prayer and fasting, commended them to the Lord, in whom they had put their faith. Then they traveled through Pisidia and reached Pamphylia. After proclaiming the word of, at Perga, they went down to Attilia. From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended by the grace of God for the work that they had now accomplished. And when they had arrived, they called the church together and reported what God had done with them, and how he had, been, and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So what strikes you about that reading? Well, I look at the, at the very end, uh, after they had done all of this traveling, uh, going from one town to another. By the way, I said those names and those, the names that of wasn't, the towns very confident. That wasn't bad for you. And I was thinking that I, as you were I, reading them. I have no idea if I said them right. But we're going to just say that I confident. How sad for you that Paul and Barnabas went to Greece as opposed to, like, you know, New York? 
where, where the names would have been easier. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They make it very difficult for me. However. You did it well. I did it well. But, you know, to speak to that, though, those are real places. I mean, they, they still are, and, and I'm sure by yeah. different names now. But, like, the word was going out to real places heard by real people. These were two real men. Yeah. going from place to place talking about it and, and sacrificing everything to do it, as were the other 12 at the time, as you know, they were slowly you know, killed. Yeah. But, but it, was, it, it took place in a, in, a, in, a, in a setting. And a lot of times, like, I'll hear those names, and, and, and I, all joking aside, uh, I'm thinking, I have no idea where, they, you know, Greece, but I have no idea where, you know, and, right. and yeah. what that means. Yeah, I mean, this is... We're talking. They they did some heavy traveling. Yeah, yeah. They did some heavy traveling for first century Judea, for the first for the first century, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Judea Christians. And if I could pose this question too, and and others could answer this, people who are not you and I, because we grew up with the faith, you know. So from the time we could remember anything, Crazy we path. knew about this story about this guy that died for us and rose from the dead. What was it like for those people to, uh, that Paul and Barnabas were speaking to that were, were clinging to that story, that their sins could be forgiven, that, their, that death would no longer win, that evil would no longer win, that there was everlasting life because of this man who lived in, in Jerusalem and, and the Middle East and died for us? What would that have been like? But I, I think people who convert to the faith now would, would have a much better understanding of that than you and I would. Oh, 100%. You know, that must, have been, that must be uh, fascinating to, to have your eyes open and the... the, the, the eyes of faith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Eyes of faith to, to realize that there is there's a deeper meaning and purpose yeah. to, to what we were created for yeah. uh, and what we're called to do. Um, and, and yeah, so, so like just to get back to, because you derailed me. Good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to do. <laughs> I just hold up a shiny object. <laughs> Is that last line uh, that uh, is described there by St. Luke, who wrote the Acts of the Apostles. And when they had arrived, they called the church together and reported what God had done with them. Yeah. And how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. You know, so, so Paul and Barnabas are now speaking to uh, all of the people in Antioch, you know, essentially some of their brothers and sisters that they that in the faith that had started to grow and they just actually just spent time mm -hmm. discussing the good work that God had been doing through them yeah and with them and it wasn't it, it wasn't just the words they were saying the good work in the forms of the miracles that they were doing for them yeah. the concern for the poor and it really leads us into a, a you know a, some thoughts that we wanted to share with you on on social justice um, maybe different ways to look at it. One of the, the things we work really hard here when, when we have a, something that the students could do that would enable them to, to meet others and to help others, we try very hard to connect that to the experience of Christ, that it's, you're not just doing it because you feel good. Feeling good is fine. You know, I could help somebody and I could feel good about it, but that you're, you're participating um, in the life of Christ. So, for instance, on, on Good Friday, the, the day there was no podcast, um, we took students to uh, Manhattan to serve people who were experiencing homelessness. And it's something called the Midnight Run, and it's run by an organization up in Dobbs Ferry, New York. And this, it, uh, Dale Williams is a, is a former homeless man that his, when he got his, um, 
his feet underneath him, he created this charity where you bring food and clothing to people who are homeless um, in Manhattan, and, and you meet them. You meet them where they are. And one of the things that we tell the kids, this is not just about temporarily giving them a sandwich, something to eat, some food. This is about meeting them. So, so homelessness is no longer an idea, but it's a reality. Like, they know somebody, you know. And we've gotten to know men over the years that will, you know, we'll, call up, we'll, we'll pull up and say, Rich, how's it going? You know, because we, we've done it a number of times. There's that relationship there which is, is cool, and, and the solidarity that's built there. So it's something that we work hard with the kids. It's, it's not just that momentary feeling of, oh, that was fun. Right. You know, and, and, it, and it is fun, you know, and, and, uh, because it's, it, it's a night out, and we're all together, and, and we're, we're, we're talking. Did I ever tell you the, the greatest line that came from Midnight Run? No. We're up on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and, and we got stuck. It was a, a two-way street, but it was really small, and we couldn't get past a Hess truck. You know, there was like a real Hess truck. And, and one of the kids goes, oh, wow, I didn't know those were real. <laughs> I was looking up for the Hess helicopter and all that stuff. <laughs> so it does lead, I mean, anytime you're around this. The Hess truck's back and it's better than ever. <laughs> but, By the way, guys, um, you know, uh, <laughs> my own personal experience with the Midnight Run um, well, is, is, getting, is getting cursed out by pedestrians uh, who were trying to cross the street. Well, what, Father Dave, how'd that happen? <laughs> so I have absolutely no idea where I'm going. As soon as we... You know, that's stunning to me because you, you, you grew up. You grew yeah, up in this area. County. Well, so did I. Yeah, but I that's a life outside Suffolk County, dude. I have no idea where I'm going after I cross the Cross Island Parkway. <laughs> right? Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan... Oh, you, you sheltered you, youth. You might as well. You could. You don't even have to blindfold me. You right. just put me somewhere in the middle of it. I'll never get home. Okay. Right? I'll remember <laughs> that next time. <laughs> so it's an opportunity. Am, we're we're in a three we're in a three car caravan, and and Rich is is heading it up, and we have walkie talkies, to uh, like really good walkie talkies that are uh, that each each uh, van has. So Rich confidently makes a turn, makes a right-hand turn onto this street to get to the next stop that we were going to. My walkie-talkie had died because apparently Rich wanted to try to sabotage <laughs> And I am making the turn right after Rich did, and there are all these pedestrians walking across the street giving me the finger, giving me this dirty look. At, like I am like a criminal because I almost hit them. And I'm sitting there going, what are these people doing? This is my right away. And I look up, and I have officially turned the wrong way on a one-way street. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I, this, whole, this entire group of people passed me, cursing me out, with about five kids, six kids in the vehicle, <laughs> who are now laughing at me, I see you making a three-point turn. Mm -hmm. And then I... These things happen, Father Dave. I, I said, he's trying to sabotage me. Yeah, that was it. That that was my highlight of the of the midnight run. Well, you figured me out. I put all those kids I in danger by going out. the wrong I had way. A group of pedestrians trying to cross the street. Okay. Who I almost hit and got laughed at by the student body. But um, I'm you, I'm sure you'll get over it. Oh, I did. Yeah, instantly. <laughs> Do you have any idea where we're going? Uh, I'm talking about the podcast now, not not in Manhattan. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, the quote goes like this by Father Greg Boyle. Kinship, not serving the other, but being one with the other. Jesus was not a man for others. He was one with them. There was a world of difference in that. So if you're not familiar with, with Greg Boyle, he runs Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles. He's a Jesuit priest, and he rehabilitates thousands of, of people he will respectfully call homies. Um, men and women on the streets involved in gang life that had have a hard time getting out of gang life, but, but he's able to bring many, many of them out. He, and he's also not, and he will fr freely say he's been at, at far too many funerals. But he's a, an amazing, amazing speaker. And his, his take on, on some of the issues of, of social justice are, are make you think like a little bit differently about them, about their sense of not being the knights in shining armor to go save the world, right? But rather how we need to be in kinship with them and to be, uh, to be in solidarity uh, because that's where we experience Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I love that quote because uh, I think that sums up for for us uh, our uh, understanding of, uh, of, of the proper understanding of social justice is that that beautiful relationship that you know being one with Jesus first uh, before that we can be Jesus you know be with or be for be Jesus for others yeah um, like that relationship first and foremost with Christ. Is it, it supersedes the other? Mm -hmm. it, it's it, because it has to come first, because from there flows the proper justice, the proper social justice, and ministry. We we have to be able to see ourselves in in the others, and otherwise, and Boyle would say this: otherwise, our work is is just about us. So taking it back to Paul and Barnabas, what had to? Now we don't know this for a fact, but it would be logical to say. What made them succeed was their ability to identify with the other. Say, we're not here to minister to you, but rather to minister with you, you know, right. and let them, let them see Christ. And another thing Boyle says, he says, I don't go to the margins to make a difference because then it's about me, right? He says, I go to be made different because then it's about all of us. Yeah. And it's, it's a really beautiful way of, of entering into anything we do to, to try to help. And taking ourselves, taking, when I say taking ourselves out of it, I mean taking, taking our egos yes. out of it mm -hmm. and allowing Christ to just like passionately work through us, uh, which I think is, is uh, very, very important because when we don't have Christ in the middle of it, then we can just be looking for the, the, the happy, good feelings that come with doing good works and, you know, and kind-heartedness. And, and you know what the, the danger to that is? Not that we can't feel good, but that's going to go away. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? yeah. We, we, I've, I've talked many times on the podcast about the, the trips that we would do to Peru. And, and, and one of my greatest regrets over those 10 years that we went is that we, to, to my satisfaction anyway, and maybe this is the problem, it's just I'm making this about me, is that I, I never felt we were adequately able to communicate to the kids. Like, this is, this is not about them. Yeah. Because they would get home, and, and it would happen to all of us. It would be something that would, be, that would eventually go away. The feeling would go away. 
I saw volunteers down there for years that would be so immersed in that experience. And then they would get bored with it. And then they'd find another volunteer experience. They would go, they would go to maybe Peace Corps. Uh, that, or they would go to AmeriCorps or Jesuit Volunteer Corps. All good things. And it sounds crazy to even say that that's, that's a bad thing, and we're not trying to say that. Um, but when it's, when it's not about Christ, we're going to be always, always looking for something else. Yeah, and, and I think that this ties in especially into the, uh, into the gospel because our Lord says right there at the Last Supper, um, you know, uh, I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you. Yeah. And in order for us to love another, Jesus is saying, like, we have to have that relationship with him as I have loved you. <clears throat> and if you and I are not allowing him <clears throat> to take the time, we're not allowing him to have that time with us to express how much he loves us and to, uh, and, and to really fall deeply and passionately in love with him then how could we even begin to love others without having been first loved by him? But also, too, being able to hear what Christ is telling us to yeah. do uh, and, and who he's calling us to serve. You can't give others what you don't have. Yeah. If we don't have that love in our heart that we're being loved and cherished. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, because a, a lot of what uh, John is quoting here from our Lord, like, I give you this new commandment, loving one another as I've loved you. It, it, that is in connection with St. Paul's letter to the Romans, where he's talking about how, how this love is supernatural, mm -hmm. like, that it, it is the spirit uh, that, that is taking over within us, that is driving us to this love, like the, for the love of Christ to penetrate, you know, the, the dark recesses of the world. One of the things that the homies will tell Father Boyle is that we've always been watched, but we haven't been seen. That's, that's a quote from Boyle. We've always been watched, but we haven't been seen. So to take what you just read and say, okay, what, what does that look like in our lives? How does that theology play out in our lives? That, and we've talked about this theme about being seen so much recently because we've talked about uh, Rollheiser, is that that's all we really want. We want to be seen. Right. And we want to be seen, ultimately, whether we know it or not, we want to be seen by him. We want to be seen by Christ. Um, and a lot of times we'll put up our own barriers to prevent him from seeing what, what we don't want him to see. And he sees it anyway, yeah. you know, but things that we don't want to look at in our lives. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so, so one of the ways, and just to give you a, just a quick example of what we're, what we're trying to, to do here, <clears throat> with this and, and, and for the, the students here at the school um, and to kind of help cultivate that kind of understanding is like um, uh, on, on the Feast of the Ascension on, on, uh, uh, on the Feast of the Ascension on the 26th uh, we will celebrate Mass and then after Mass we will hold a quick panel with all of the directors of outreach mm -hmm. in the local area here and then after that, we're going to break the students up into groups. And then we're going to make either peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh, and or ham and cheese or turkey and cheese sandwiches, uh, which then those outreach directors will, uh, will take to their local outreach programs to assist the poor in, uh, you know, in their area. Uh, and, and it's just like, which is one of those ways that like, we're just trying to preach by action, mm -hmm. by like, we will be fed spiritually and, and allow Christ that space to love on us. 
so that like the sandwiches that we're making are not just uh, a service project to get done so we could check off you know the, the Christian service hours that we have mm-hmm. required here but that they can be you know it's just not slapping jelly on a loaf or uh, on a piece of bread it's taking the time to think about who might be actually eating this like could this be somebody's meal that will nourish them to keep them alive yeah. for the weekend and like I know Mother Teresa talked about this constantly that when you and I do uh, these acts with thinking of Christ at, at the center of it <clears throat> and keep in, in the center of our our actions like people are getting more in that moment than just a bad sandwich mm-hmm. they're getting the love behind that yep. and only you and I as Christians who believe in the work of Christ and how the spirit flows in that it might not be perceived by a 16 year old who's making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because they might not ever see that homeless person you know, actually eating it but however, like the grace that flows with that project flows into the heart of the person receiving it. And, and our hope on that day is by having the panel discussion that the students will be able to learn the specific stories of, of people who are going to be receiving these things. Because if we're making a thousand sandwiches, there are a thousand stories. Right. You know, there's there's not right. one way to be impoverished or, or food insecure. Uh, there's many stories. Some of it's temporary. Some of it's been for a long time. But and, and that's where that that grace you speak about um, is is present is because they will be able to hopefully um, say this is just more than just you know, the action that I'm doing right now. Yeah. yeah. If uh, if we may just take one more moment here uh, before we wrap things up to focus on. Uh, a, a more intense uh, kind of love, probably an even harder act of love, is is to focus on something that is also a theme that is found in the first reading and in the gospel. Uh, you know, like uh, in the in the beginning of the passage that we had read, it, it says that uh, they, Paul and Barnabas, strengthened the spirits of the disciples and exhorted them to persevere in the faith saying it's necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And, you know, because they had both encountered the many hardships, whether in their travels or the rejection that they dealt with in in those particular areas that they had gone to try to minister to. And so they were just trying to encourage the people who maybe not had had not experienced that yet, that, like, hardships are going to come in this walk of being a Christian. And like you have to persevere mm-hmm. in that, um, you know. And and he, they also say like it's necessary for us to undergo these hardships in order to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, and I think that's related in the gospel when you and I hear that first line uh, in the gospel, when Judas had left them, Jesus said, "Now, it, now is the Son of Man glorified." That's a great summation of that line. Because you, know, you wouldn't think that would be the point where everything's coming together. Right. Seems like it's falling apart. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, the very paragraph before this in John's Gospel in chapter 13 is the very scene that we had even read mm-hmm. uh, on Spy Wednesday there, where, you know, uh, Jesus says, whoever dips into the morsel into the dish with me will betray me. Um, and, uh, and then from there, Judas goes out and John says that the devil had entered him, you know, had the lies had consumed him, darkness had covered him, and he fled into the night. 
Uh, he was no longer in the light, in the presence mm-hmm. of the light of Christ. Uh, and that's how this gospel starts. You know, like is the, it's the next paragraph. And John says, when Judas left. Uh, and then Jesus says, I wish you a new commandment. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's important for us to just reflect and realize that sometimes the greatest hardships that you and I are going to have to handle and deal with might be the betrayal of somebody who has loved us uh, or, or who is very close to us and we might have experienced a betrayal and uh, Jesus is still petitioning us to love that person the way that he loves us um, and now how that looks and how that might play out in each one of our lives mm-hmm. is different yeah uh, my father always says <laughs> you might not you might not love you, you might not be able to deal with that person and be in that person's presence but you're still called to at least pray for them yeah because if you can pray for them it shows that you can still love them because you want their good sure pray for mm-hmm. them. but i think that that's a very important I think that that can be an even more important uh, moment of social justice because our Lord is asking us to love even when that is not fashionable, when it's not promoted by the rest of the world. And the rest of the world will tell you, you know, screw that guy. It's a cancel culture here. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. That's moronic. Uh, And I think that Jesus is still saying, love those people. Because that love is the love of the Father. You know, that is, he's like, that's my love mm. for you. Like, that betrayal uh, will cause a great hardship and pain, but I'm still calling you to love that person. Um, and we, we go don't ahead. know, and we do not know in loving that person on the surface whether or not they might not be able to receive it or not. We do not know what the Spirit is doing mm-hmm. within us. And within them. Yeah. And and it would be easy to say, well, Jesus can do that. But we're we're made in God's image. We're made in his image. It's yeah. it's on all of us. We'll talk about more of that when we get to Pentecost, it's on us. Yeah. 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 So my friends, on that intense note. Yeah. You know what the takeaway for this podcast is for me? I gotta go home. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to go home and tell my wife I'm a year older than I thought. Which she knows, like she could do the math, but that's the that was ringing as you were talking about all those nice things. I'm thinking, damn. <laughs> By the way, I mean, I could say this because I'm going to compliment you. You you are a good-looking bald man. <laughs> <laughs> like you can rock being bald. Thank you. I, I like, don't know how to respond to that. The picture of you with a full head of hair that uh-huh. you showed me 20 years ago. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's that's a totally different-looking person. Okay. Yeah. Are we, are we going anywhere with this, or just? No, I just want to say you you looked you looked good with hair, but you are one of the rare people that could rock that. Okay, well, thank you. No hair. Okay, thank you. And you don't even have to wear a beard. No. Right, thank God. Right. Okay. Otherwise, it would be really horrendous to work with you. This this is working so well in an audio podcast. <laughs> Guys, for why you tuned in, we're never sure, but thank you, and um, hopefully we'll have some for you next week. God bless. Take guys. care. If you would like to contact Father Dave or me, 
Please follow us on Facebook at Locusts and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.